Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe Do You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And today we have, uh, I think it's going to be a fun episode. I think it's actually going to be like a little series because this is like part one kind of, right? Yeah. Well, why not? It's, uh, it's a deep dive. So uh, we're going to kind of deep dive into The Conjuring, but not really. I guess it's based off of The Conjuring because, I mean, I just recently saw all three of them and uh, first two definitely freaked me out. Third one, not so much. It was still, I liked it, but I, it definitely wasn't as scary as the first two. Uh, did you finally see it? No. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe you just got desensitized by maybe the because two, that the third one you're like, eh. Well, I did see Annabelle Creation also recently, and that one, while it wasn't as scary, I feel like, as the first two, mm-hmm. um, it was scarier than the third one. Mm-hmm. And then The Nun was also pretty freaky, in my opinion. Like, yeah, it was, pr- it was probably up there with the first two. I just yeah. think it's The Nun is fucking I, scary. Yeah, um, I feel like that one I got a little desensitized because they kept showing her face everywhere. And once mm-hmm. I like can clearly see the monster's face and I'm staring at it for so long, it like no longer has that like shock factor of like, oh, it's creepy. And I'm just like, eh. yeah, well, I don't know, because even when she came out in that picture in in the in Annabelle creation, just the way she came oh, out, yeah. like in the, the picture <laughs> like that. Oh, my God, dude, that was like, <gasps> and then uh, oh, what? I think I was watching, I don't know if it was Annabelle creation or if it was the nun, but, um, I, I literally was about to get up and turn off my, the, cause I was watching it, you know, I was watching it at work. Um, <laughs> and I was going to turn off my patient's light cause he was, you know, he was asleep already. Um, and as soon as I stood up to go turn off the light, uh, the dog it turned off for you no well that would have that been freaky but um the patient's dog i guess the family's dog started um started barking like into mm. the living room and there's nothing yeah. in the living room Ooh. and then i kind of peeked out and i swear i must i, I i'm i i want to just believe it was my imagination but like i i felt like somebody had walked past and i just caught the like you know how like if when somebody walks yeah. past and you just oh, see no, a foot yeah. past the corner I yeah. swear to I swear to you I saw like a black shadowy like foot just passed into the living room and I was like okay I'm not turning off the light yet and yeah. I'm going to finish watching this movie and then once I watch some YouTube videos and calm myself down then I'll turn the light off. Yeah. Um so yeah. And then That's hilarious. And then I was super excited because I was like, cool, now I just need to watch La Llorona and which is kind of in the universe, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it is, but it just Ed and Lorraine Warren don't come out in that one. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they don't come out in the Annabelle creation either, right? Um, and then I was like, okay, I just need to watch La Llorona and I need to watch um, Annabelle and Annabelle Comes Home or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I see like a Google cert, like a Google thing, like a notification on my iPad saying that, uh, watch these movies before midnight because after midnight they're off of uh... HBO Max. And I was like, wait, when is this for? So I was like, 
super fast trying to get to it. And I think they ended up just leaving Conjuring 1 and 2 and Annabelle Creation. And they took everything else off. I was like, no. It's because they heard we were going to do this three-parter. So (laughs) So we're talking about The Conjuring, uh, the events that took place and a little bit of background on the the Warrens. Yeah. So um, the the case that we're going to be going over today is the Perrin family, which is what Conjuring 1 is all about. Um, But before we get into that, we kind of want to just give you a semi-brief summary of like who the Warrens are in case you're like, who? But I feel like if you're into the paranormal, you got to know who these people are, right? Yeah, well, to be fair, I the only reason, actually, the reason that I knew who Lorraine Warren was, was because of Paranormal State. State, Yeah, the Penn State Paranormal Group that, so she would come out on that show and I knew who she was because of that. I didn't know about her husband because uh, I don't think was he ever on the show. Mm, I don't. I don't, I don't believe so. I don't think no, so, right? I think it was just her. Just her. Yeah. So I, I know for sure I knew about her because of that. And then when the Conjuring movie started coming out, and I heard the name, I was like, that name sounds familiar. And then I looked it up, and I saw her, and I was like, oh, hey, it's it's her. I was like, whoa. I thought. To be honest, I I, I kind of thought that she wasn't really legit. Like it was just some oh. lady that they got on there and stuff like that. But then like when I started seeing that and like I looked up, looked into it a little bit, I was like, oh, like she's like legit and she's well, we'll we'll talk about what her abilities are, I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Some people would agree with you or not agree with you necessarily, but say that she's not legit. Yeah. Um, there's a whole controversy with with these guys as well, but so who are Ed and Lorraine Warren? So the quick answer is Edward's a self-taught and self-professed demonologist. Uh, he's also an author and a lecturer. And Lorraine is a professed clairvoyant and light transmedium who worked closely with her husband. So they were, they were a team. So the long answer, who are the Warrens? Ed Warren, uh, he was born uh, December 5th, 1926. He grew up in a house he believed was haunted. Um, as a child, he recalled doors opening on their own and strange lights starting to form in his house. And when he was five, he claimed he saw an apparition. Um, it was a dot of light that grew until it became uh, his family's landlady uh, who had died the year before. Well, that's kind of creepy. My legs just got chills. Um, <laughs> in the book, The Demonologist, The Extraordinary Career of Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, Ed recalled that she was semi-transparent, wearing what looked like some sort of like a, like a shroud. And then she vanished. So soon after, uh, Ed was having dreams of dead relatives he had never met, including an aunt who had, uh, or an aunt who had, uh, who would, or an aunt, as Michelle would say, (laughs) including an aunt who would uh, send his message about his future, telling him that he would help any priests, um, but never become a priest himself. Um, Which is true. so, I mean, could you also say that he was, like, a clairvoyant or, like, you know, had some sort of, you know, psychic, yeah, you know, abilities? Because think so. I mean, if he's seeing family members and they're giving him, you know, future, like, stuff that's going to happen in the future, I think it's pretty safe to say that he had some sort of abilities, right? I would think so, yeah. So, regarding Ed, Ed... Uh, Warren. I mean, I don't know if it's just because of the portrayal of uh, Patrick. Uh, what's his name? 
I forgot the actor's the actor name. That plays him. Yeah, uh, I I really like him as an actor. So yeah. I don't know if it's just his portrayal of Ed that kind of like makes me like Ed Warren. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, and it's Ed Warren Mini. Mini Mini. Um. Anyway, so I I saw somebody when when The Conjuring Three came out. Uh, when they were like when it was about to come out and stuff like that. I saw I was on Facebook and I saw like a, an advertisement for it, and then a bunch of people were in there. And uh, there was a lot of people like, you know, obviously there was a lot of people defending the Warrens and there was a lot of people talking shit on the Warrens. And I'm kind of like not necessarily neutral because obviously, I mean, I believe in this stuff. So, you know, they're kind of like pioneers and, and they kind of, you know, were some of the first people to really start to like, I guess, push this field and stuff, I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I'm always going to be grateful for those type of people because if it wasn't for, like, them pushing this kind of stuff and, and you know, trying to open people's eyes to this, I think we wouldn't be where we're at today. Yeah. So, um, I know that, like you were mentioning earlier, there's a lot of controversy as far as, like, were they legit, were they not legit? <clears throat> I personally feel that they were. So, somebody said somebody mentioned like made a comment about like oh, he's only a self-proclaimed demonologist and i was like well yeah dude like there's you can't go to fucking university to study to be a demonologist i mean it's not you don't get a degree you don't get some yeah. paper that says hey i'm a demonologist now or maybe there is i mean i don't know maybe you go to the church and I you was about study to say, i feel like it would have to be like going through the church and like becoming a priest in order to mm-hmm. like get into like the demonology stuff. But I still, I don't know. There's like a certificate of, yeah, which <laughs> I completed I, this course. Yeah. Which I mean, he like, again, like his, prem, like his family premonition type of his aunt yeah. was the one who said that he would, uh, you know, based off of like i know the movies are an exaggeration but i mean, he he did become very close to the church and they did confide certain things in him and and they would call them to certain cases uh mm-hmm. you know to be i guess a part of exorcisms as well not necessarily perform them himself because he wasn't again an ordained priest so he couldn't do those kinds of things but you know he definitely studied enough to um you know have a, a a wealth of knowledge on the subject you know what i mean so i mean i guess it's for me it's safe to say yeah he's a demon if he knows enough about it and you know then sure why not call him a demonologist like all just what means the study of and mm-hmm. so yeah, demons I mean, you know so when i saw that i was just kind of like that's stu- like it's a stupid comment to make like you know like where are you gonna go to school for this shit like no just shut up but again and that was I- just me being defensive I also wonder if, like, um, he was, like, the Zach Baggins before there was a Zach Baggins in the mm. sense that, like, everything was a demon. And yeah. maybe that's why, you know, part of the problem, I guess. Maybe. But- I mean, again, because, like, from just, again, based off of the movies, like, like it's exaggerated. So I know in the f- in the first Conjuring, like, the way you get introduced to them is they're debunking stuff. Yeah, And they're not trying to <clears throat> prove that there's something. They're trying to, like, disprove. And and, and yeah. you see them throughout the thing. And sometimes they get sent by the church. 
to disprove that something like to, to disprove what's going on there. And if they can't disprove it and they find actual proof, then that's when the, the church gets involved. So yeah, if that's really how things went down, then I, I, I can see where, where you would, you could say that. Cause again, at that time, like this was, I don't feel like this was something that was like super, super like understood. Uh-huh. So whatever they were doing is just seeing kind of like, dude, you're, you're fucking crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, this what? is also me just playing devil's advocate. Like, I wonder right. if that's kind of yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean who's I'm, to say? Like, who, yeah. like we don't, we never knew them. You know, we don't know. We didn't weren't alive during that time, so we don't know what kind of. I mean, it would be cool if if they could, like, still. I mean, I don't know if they still have like photos or videos or recordings of any of their old uh, investigations. They do on their website. Well, there you go. So they have case files and you can see pictures and get more information. Actually, some of this information that that I have in this report that I did for us to read um, was from their website. So and some of these pictures as well that I'll be posting on Instagram once this episode airs. And then I'll probably post a link to the the website just so you guys can go check those out because I know for another case, Michelle sent me a an audio or she sent me a YouTube link and I was like, I had to make sure that I I listened to that in an open area oh my God. during the day. Wasn't even I, that bad. Well, but you know what? We're, you'll have another opportunity to listen and and put it into a link again because it's going to be part three. Okay. No. Or part two. Or sorry. Part, part it'll two, be yeah. it'll be part two. Yeah. Oh God. All right. So anyway, moving on to Lorraine Warren. I'll try and keep it a little short. <laughs> She was born January 31st, 1927. Um, She began to notice her clairvoyant abilities at a very young age um, when she recalled her first experience around nine years old. She remembered seeing auras around people but assumed this was normal. Uh, That all changed, though, when she was 12 years old. It was Arbor Day at her all-girls private school, and her classmates had planted a, a sapling. And as soon as they put the sapling in the ground, she saw it fully grown, like with leaves and blowing in the wind and everything. And then the nun asked her why she was staring up at the sky. Lorraine said, just looking up at the tree or into the tree. And the nun was like, are you seeing the future? And she said, yes, I guess I am. So she was able to, to see the future, the, the tree all like just full of leaves and like 20, 30 feet tall kind of thing. So, yeah. And then, um, so fast forward, Ed entered the Navy on his 17th birthday, and then a few months later, the ship Ed was on actually collided with an oil tanker in the North Jeez. Atlantic. Yeah. And a fire erupted, obviously, and all of the men on the ship had to jump overboard. And um, so Ed's in this icy water, like, trying to stay afloat and survive, and he prayed for help, and he was rescued. And after that experience, he returned home and asked Lorraine to marry him. And they got married in 1945. And I'm just like, does Carlos have to have like a near-death experience? Is that what needs to happen so that I can get a proposal? But anyway, he doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can say that. Um, And then on January 11th, 1946, they gave birth to their daughter named Judy Warren. Watch this be like the only episode that he listens to. Listens. He's not going to. And if he did, it's not the first time he's heard me joke like that. So (laughs) he'd be like, okay, I get it. Um, Just real quick, going back to the, just going back to the whole nun thing. Like I'm surprised the nun, or maybe she did, but like, I'm surprised the nun wasn't like, 
you know, getting after her rather than asking her, are you seeing the future? Like telling her you're crazy or don't. Cause I feel like a lot of really religious people see like psychics as a negative thing. You know what I mean? Like nobody's supposed to be able to see the future, even yeah. though the whole Bible is prophets who spoke to God. <laughs> All and, psychics. What? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, go figure. Oh, yeah. Fine. No, I mean, it could just be that the nun was just like, oh, this little child has no idea what they're t- or, like talking nonsense kind of thing and just blew it off. Yeah. But, True. I don't know. So then um, I guess after they were married, right? A few mm-hmm. years, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren founded the New England Society for Psychic Research. Uh, and that was in 1952 to document their cases. Uh, they also created the Occult Museum, a space in their Monroe, Connecticut home, which adjoined Ed's office to the house haunted objects and the files and tapes from their investigations. Today, the Nesper is run by Warren's daughter, Judy, and son-in-law, Tony Spera. That's kind of crazy. Uh, mm-hmm. Nesper it's, it's and... off limits now, though. Oh, I was just going to say that Nesper and Spera are like... Almost oh. an anagram, but it's not because yeah. it's the A and the anyway. No and it's a website, sorry. Uh, and it's a website uh, keeps a log of some of the cases uh, the Warrens investigated, including that of an alleged werewolf. What? Yeah. Oh, we'll it, have to talk the about case. That later. Okay. Uh, including that of an alleged werewolf and the infamous possessed doll, Annabelle, which sorry, does not look like wolves. Chucky. It looks like a. Oh, you know what? I'm going to ask my wife if I can post a picture of her and her brother they had uh, a raggedy ann and a raggedy andy doll and that's exactly the doll that annabelle was yeah that's creep and like i just see it and it it creeps me out (laughs) but yeah i that that sucks like well no that doesn't suck i i don't think i would ever go i would yeah i know you would (laughs) i don't know i just i just feel like if I don't know. I'd be afraid of something attaching. You know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, that's how I felt about like the Zach Baggins Museum, but I just yeah. said a whole lot of prayers. And I also probably wouldn't go to that either. Oh, come on. Would you really not go? Like if we all went to Vegas, which we need to plan a trip. But if we all went to Vegas, you, you, you seriously would not go to the Haunted Museum. My wife probably wouldn't want to go. I don't. So ca- Carlos, uh, Carlos already said he wouldn't go again. So... So did that it creep him out? Me. No, he's just like, this isn't, for- I did it because I love you, but this isn't for me. Like, I went, because I was like, I want to do it again now that I know what to expect. And he's like, uh, I'll go to the mob museum. I was like, whatever. The what? The mob museum? Like the mob. Oh, the mob. The but, mob. But about, yeah. Probably get attachments there too. Probably. You know what I would recommend <sighs> you don't go to is the museum of death. That was a mistake. <laughs> that was a horrible, horrible, that was, that was far worse than anything I felt at the Zach Baggins Museum. I will say that. Yeah. Like, just going off on a little tangent, but stay, sticking to that, uh, like, area of topic or whatever, that topic. Um, my brother-in-law went to uh, Guanajuato with mm-hmm. uh, his wife and a friend and the girlfriend. And uh, they visited this area where they have mummies. Mm. Right? So... um so they were talking to me, they were talking to us about their, their stuff, their time there and stuff like that. And uh, his wife um, was talking about 
how there was one night that he just like woke up like freaked out and like I guess running to the door or something like that but I guess he was sleepwalking Hmm. and then like he guys I guess he woke up and realized that he was out of bed and then he went back to bed and then I asked him I was like was this after the mummy tour that you did and he goes (laughs) you know what yeah it was and I was like there's something there oh my gosh so yeah it was just you know I was perfectly fine after the Zach Paggins Museum. And I even got a little white feather literally falling from the sky and landed my head. So I knew that I was safe. Just throwing that out there. All right. So uh, real quick before we continue, I just wanted to talk about some, not really talk about, but mention some of the famous cases that Ed and Lorraine Warren did because a lot of them got turned into movies too. So, fuck, I forgot how to pronounce this. Snackator? Snackator. Snackator. So you got the Snickerter house. So that was haunting in Connecticut. And I actually learned about this case from the show A Haunting. And it was in Connecticut. And uh, it that one was creepy. So I would actually love to do a deep dive on this one um, at some point. Because this one was very interesting. Did they come um, out in that did they come out in that movie at all? Like like the characters, or was that some like just something completely separate? Uh well there was a there did end up being a movie called like Haunting in Connecticut but the uh-huh. TV show it was um I mean it was all like uh re- recreation or whatever or what is it mm. yeah, yeah yeah reenactment okay. reenactments yeah but um I mean I've I've heard this case so many times after that that I've I've seen yeah they've done interviews and stuff mm-hmm. um and then the parent family who who we're gonna be discussing today they also did the Enfield poultry. Uh, the Enfield Poltergeist, which is gonna we talked about in uh, one of our previous episodes briefly, but we're gonna be deep diving into that next month. Animal mm-hmm. Doll, of course, which is my worst nightmare, and uh, the Smurl Haunting, and then the South End Werewolf, which is interesting, and I would like to cover that too. And then, of course, the one that everybody knows is the Amityville case. So, which I think they also discussed in. I think it was the second one. They were they were in the house or something. They were doing something in the house, I think, before they went to the. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to know about the werewolf. Definitely. Because I, I don't think I've heard of that one. Obviously, the Amityville case is super famous. Everybody knows that. Um, I mean, it's different. The actual case is different from the movie. Are you asking me or telling me? I'm telling you, right? Or, well, I guess I'm asking you. Because uh, I, uh, I, <laughs> um, I, mean, I think in the movie, it's the father that, like, he either kills the his family or he tries to kill the family or something. Well, because, it, like, the original murder was, oh, okay, was the okay, father. Okay, see, and then right after that, it was the son that ended up killing everybody. Not oh. not the son of the first family. Like another family oh, moves in, and then he also gets yeah. possessed by the. Because I think the original case was like the the son goes in there and kills like all the brothers and sisters and the mom and dad and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, so the parent family. Mom was Carolyn. Dad was Roger, and then they had uh, five daughters. So these are their names, oldest to youngest. He had Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, and April. And Roger and his wife, uh, Carolyn, purchased the home in the winter of 1970. And his neighbors allegedly advised them 
that they best leave their lights on at night. Mm. The, the reason behind that was like they never said why. And I was just like thought about what we always say, like, why do neighbors have to and landlords have to, <laughs> you know, like say like, oh, yeah, like those After aliens, you'll fact. see them. Yeah. Like those aliens, you'll see them eventually or like, yeah. Well, so I mean, like the landlords, that. I get it. You know, they're trying to, you know, get the like you know the house rented out but the neighbors come on guys you yeah, can let me know funny. before i decide to make the decision like yeah before <laughs> i make the decision to uh you Move know in. to purchase or whatever yeah so um unfortunately you know yeah the neighbor said that but they ended up moving into their house in 19 january of 1971 and it was a 14-bedroom farmhouse in Harrison, Rhode Island, where Carolyn, Roger, and their five daughters began to notice strange things happening almost immediately after they moved in. Also, guys, keep in mind that we also talked about, you know, poltergeist activity and, and how girls are more susceptible to or having, like, stronger abilities to project, like, poltergeist, poltergeist abilities. So, I mean, I don't, obviously that wasn't, I don't think that was the case in this situation, but five daughters, you know, I mean, yeah, good possibility. Anyway, uh, so it started off small. Carolyn would notice that the broom went missing or seemed to move around on its own. She would hear the sound of something scraping against the kettle in the kitchen when no one was in there. She'd find small piles of dirt in the center of, uh, newly cleaned kitchen floor were they helping or were they just messing around i don't know it sounds like they were just helping out that's yeah. what i'm gonna go with it's like was it new dirt or was it dirt that they like true here let me help you with that <laughs> i was thinking of a meme anyway uh the girls began to notice spirits around the house but they seemed harmless at first the children believed that the ghost um uh, that the ghosts that were obviously walking around their house were kind and benevolent. The spirits served as playmates and even babysitters. And the children supposedly enjoyed their company. The girls even claimed that the ghosts tucked them in at night and kissed them on their forehead. What the fuck? Yeah, just wait. It's great. Like, I love this next quote. Cynthia said, when we first moved into the house for the first two months, there was a woman that came in and kissed me every night on the forehead. And I thought it was my mother. (laughs) Andrea, her her older sister said, mom smelled like ivory soap and the spirit smelled like flowers and the fruit. There were a few, however, that were angry. Uh, She smelled like flowers and fruit. And there was a few that were angry. Apparently there was a lot of ghosts in this place. Yeah. So this is why. Carolyn allegedly researched the history of the home and discovered that it had been in the same family for eight generations, and the family lived and died in the house prior to their arrival. Um, some, yeah, some of them never left. Apparently, the Black Book of Burville, the mm-hmm. town's former public records book, reveals that over the course of its existence, the property had been host to trigger warning because there's some not so great things that I'm about to talk about. Um, so fast forward, like five seconds. Um, there is, uh, two suicides by hanging, one suicide by poison, the rape and murder of an 11 year old girl by a farmhand, two drownings and a passing of four men who froze to death in addition to other tragic losses of life. 
So that might explain why there are so many ghosts. Well, like my question is like, why did it start off great? Unless it's going to get explained right now, but why did it start off great? And what caused it to go bad? Like people dying? No, no, no. Like uh, the ghosts, you know, why was it so good at the beginning, you know, like getting tucked in and all that stuff. And then why did it go so sideways at the end? I mean, I don't know. It it could be um, like what you said about all the five girls in the house and everyone getting older and kind of, I don't know, maybe yeah, there's some turmoil. Yeah. I know in, in a little bit we're going to talk about why they didn't move out of the house. but Yeah, because yeah. I was going to say, they, I, know, I know I looked it up while I was watching the movie and I know that they stayed in there for a lot longer than they did in the movie. Like in the movie, they, they were not there for that long Yeah, uh, when stuff like went bad. I don't even think there was anything good that happened, really. I don't think they talked about that at all. Yeah, I know. I just started, like, they started having experiences, and then, like, shit got crazy real fast. Yeah. Um, So, do you want me to read the part? Uh, So, in the movie, Carolyn contacts Ed and Lorraine Warren to see if anything could be done about the hauntings occurring at their house. The, The woman was desperate to relieve the family of the horror that was unfolding. However, in real life... It was a family friend, not Carolyn, that brought them into the story. They were in a nearby uh, they were in nearby Connecticut where they were working on the other cases of paranormal activity. Andrea said, "We never actually contacted the Warrens. Our friend Barbara went to see them in Put- uh, Putnam because they did the they did things all around the area. They were informed about us. Uh, they were informed about us. The Warrens immediately decided that they were going to investigate." So, yeah, like she said, like in the movie, uh, Carolyn goes because I guess she hears that the Warrens are doing something at the university and they're talking about um, an exorcism that that they were part of with uh, Maurice, which is the guy from The Nun. And um, spoiler alert. um, (laughs) And yeah, so that's what happens. And again, this is because stuff started getting kind of crazy. I think maybe the little girl. No, she didn't. She wasn't playing with the ghost. The ghost just started like doing stuff. The little boy ghost and started freaking her out. And then like stuff started getting kind of crazy because I think one of the older girls started experiencing stuff and getting like pulled and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's when she went. But I, and I guess in real life, um, it was a friend that went to go seek them out. Yeah. In the movie, the most haunting spirit that they suspected was Bathsheba Sherman, which that name alone like Bathsheba like I feel like if that's not a witch's name yeah. I don't know what I actually <laughs> oh, I'll I'll try and look it up right now but I think it's actually like a god or something from some I mean it sounds like a god or goddess yeah a goddess from some Egyptian is it Egyptian I don't know well, now you gotta google it now because I'm yeah. curious okay so along with Eve Bathsheba was the only was the wife of Uriah the Hittle and later of David, according to the Hebrew Bible. She was she is most known for the biblical narrative in which she was summoned by King David, who had seen her bathing and lusted after her. She was the mother of Solomon, who decided who succeeded David as king, making her the queen mother. So but she yeah. So she was uh notably some like a notable figure, I guess, in the Bible in biblical stories. Thank you, because that was going to bug me until after we recorded, (laughs) so I could look it up. But that was 
the spirit that that they kind of suspected to be the meanest of them all, I guess. Um, so she was born Bathsheba. I'm gonna sorry. I'm gonna kind of go into a little bit of history of who she was and why she may have been the way she was as a ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, she was born Bathsheba there in Rhode Island in 1812, and she married just Judson Sherman in Thompson, Connecticut, on March 10th, 1844. Bathsheba filled the role of a housewife while her husband Judson worked as a farmer on their land. Fairly well off, Bathsheba and Judson had a son, Herbert L. Sherman, born when Bathsheba was approximately 37 years of age in March of 1849, which is kind of, like, impressive. Right? Yeah, I mean, even for now, that's considered, I think, I want to say a geriatric, yeah, a geriatric pregnancy. Um, just because after a certain age, it becomes more dangerous and you know stuff like that for women it is possible that they had three other children as well all of whom did not survive past the age of seven though no census records could be found to confirm these reports the family also usually took took in a border most likely to help with help them on the farm she was rumored to have been a satanist and there was evidence that she had been involved in the death of a neighbor's child when the baby was examined, it was determined that the mortal wound was caused by a large sewing needle that had been impaled at the base of the child's skull. The, uh, though the townspeople believed that Bathsheba sacrificed the infant as an offering to the devil due to insufficient evidence, a court found that she was innocent of any wrongdoing. Despite her name being cleared legally, the public was not convinced. Of course. Pitchforks yeah, yeah. and torches t- ensued. That comes um, out of the movie, right? I don't I think f- so. Really? Because I feel like I knew about that before. No. Uh, I like Because what this... happens in the movie is she kills her baby. Oh. She sacrifices a baby, I think. Um, like by the tree? By the, No, by the, I think, a fireplace in the house. Oh. And the husband walks in and sees her sacrificing the baby. And then she runs out and hangs herself to finish, like, the the curse or whatever yeah to be with satan or something like that Mm. and and she i I think before she hangs herself she like curses everybody who wants to take Mm -hmm. her land got it because i think they had like so many acres and then afterwards it gets divided up and different people take different parts of the land and that's when everybody starts dying which i guess would be i guess those deaths that are supposedly in that black book um so yeah like there was i know there was a kid that drowned and yeah a bunch of stuff happened afterwards okay. in the movie. This yeah. is in the movie. Well, kind of in real life too. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> so I turned on a light because I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, I just I also want everybody if you do get a chance, uh, go Google uh, Bathsheba and Wikipedia. Look at the Wikipedia page because she also comes out in uh, like in Islam and the Jew Jude uh, like the Jewish. Basically, the Bible's like the Quran, the 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 Torah. I think it is right. The if Hebrew the, Bible yeah. and the the Christian Bible are they're all the same thing, man. Like, <laughs> basically, it's literally the same book. Um, but yeah, go ahead and and, and take a look and and see how she's because she does come out in all three religions. Um, just the name is a little bit different uh, in in each one, but you get a kind of an idea of what she was in in the Bible. And Bathsheba, the actual Bathsheba, not Bathsheba Sherman. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can look her up too. She had an interesting history. Yeah, to say the least. So, um, according to Andrea, the family experienced other spirits as well that smelled like rotting flesh and would cause beds to rise off the floor. Um, she claimed her father uh, would enter in the basement and feel a cold, stinky presence behind him. Uh, yeah, I read this too. Uh, they often stayed away from the dirt floor cellar, but the heating equipment would often fail mysteriously, causing Roger to venture down there. So, uh, this also There's happened those in the cellars movie. again. Yeah. Basements. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, that also happens in the movie. And the, the weird thing is in the movie, I don't know if this happened in real life. In the movie, the the cellar was boarded up. Like it was um yeah, it was boarded up, closed up, and I think one of the girls goes to hide in the closet and drops something or bumps it or something like that. And the door opens up and that's when they start going down there. I was like, You don't fucked up now. Because it seemed like when that happened is when all the crap started to happen in the yeah. house. Um, but, yeah, so they started to get a lot of stinkiness in the house. Well, I mean, those are those other spirits. Yeah. But, again, I, I, I wish they would – I don't know if it says, like, when or why they started having – So, over the 10 years that the family lived in the house, the Warrens made multiple trips to investigate – um, at one point, Lauren conducted a seance to attempt to contact the spirits that were uh, possessing the family. And during the seance, Carolyn Perrin, which is the... Mom. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, uh, Carolyn, the mom, became possessed, speaking in tongues and rising from the ground in her chair. Andrea claims to have secretly witnessed the seance, and she said, um, I thought I was going to pass out. My mother began to speak a language, not of this world, in a voice not of her own. Her chair levitated, and she was thrown across the room. That happened in the movie, right? Uh, or something similar? Yeah, something similar. They uh, did. They did have. I think they did have a seance. Yeah, but not. I don't think anything happened that they noticed at the, at the time. At first, yeah, yeah. I think it was later on that they heard the recordings, but then the whole chair levitating was at the end. When the mom had already become possessed by Bathsheba or something. Okay, yeah. Guys, and also, I guess we should have put this at the beginning. Spoiler alert. We're going to talk about the movie and you're <laughs> going to figure it out. So if you haven't watched the movie, we're sorry we ruined it. But you really shouldn't be listening to this right now if you haven't watched the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. We're literally deep diving what the entire plot of this movie is. So, yeah. It's, yeah. But, I mean, it's not like. There's a whole bunch of details in there that we've missed, but if you just want, you know, a spooky movie to watch, even with all this information, like it's, it's still still a decent movie. Yeah, for sure. I liked it again. Yeah. Also, Lorraine Warren. I think you said Lauren. When? When you said Lorraine conducted, you said Lauren conducted a séance, or maybe I oh, misheard you. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um. After the seance, though, Roger kicked the Warrens out, worried about his wife's mental stability. According to Andrea, the family continued to live in the house due to financial instability until they were able to move in 1980, at which point the spirits were silenced and the haunting ceased. Or did they? Okay. But, no, no, no. But, I mean, th this is kind of a little bit of hits on the, the controversy that kind of surrounds the Warrens is that sometimes – people felt like they came in and they just made things worse. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like there is maybe not really anything there. And then them doing these seances and conducting all these experiments and whatnot that they just brought in things that weren't even there to begin with. Um, and then just added fuel to the fire. Um, yeah. So I know that that was kind of a big thing. And it seems like that might have kind of been a similar case here yeah. <laughs> with the seance. Well, yes, maybe. But it it, would, it could also, again, explain what I said earlier about the, the poltergeist activity. You know, it could have been the, the girls who were who could have been causing some of this because, it, I mean, if they left and it stopped, maybe it was something with one of them. And then if they were having financial issues, I'm sure that put a strain on yeah. the parents' relationship and that transferred down to the girls. And then, you know, it, it's kind of a good, um, what's it called? just a a bunch of things happening that could that could man what's the word i don't know what the word is. i can't think of the word right now um but something that could cause the you know some sort of poltergeist activity you know what i mean yeah and and i just want to say like i'm trying to think back if we've ever said it on the podcast i don't think we have but if we have no i'm pretty sure we have <laughs> during like high strangeness episodes but, you know, like when, when scary stuff starts to happen and, and if we've ever been like, move out, why are you still there? We're fully aware that sometimes there's financial issues that like keep people in these shitty situations. So yeah. um, obviously this is this was one of it, one of those instances. And like Eric said in the movie, they move out super quick. But in this case, they had to live there for like another 10 years, which I can't yeah. even imagine. But I mean, yeah. if everything stopped or the spirits were silenced then Mm -hmm. yeah yeah even even in the movie i believe they were having some sort of it wasn't like a big plot plot point but um i think they had just moved out there and the dad was trying to find like trucking jobs but they weren't like wanting to pay him because he was I think it was just a short of a shortage of jobs and they were telling him, okay, you want to work, but this is the price. And that's, he's like, that's half of what I make. So in the movie, there were those issues as well. But again, they, they seem to, once everything, like everything came to head and like they exercised, you know, Bathsheba, Bathsheba, uh, Bathsheba out of Carolyn. Um, they, uh, they seem to move out afterwards. That's what, that's the, the what I understood from the movie. But yeah. again, that's not what happened in real life. They actually stayed there for a good long while. And then I think yeah. the people who bought the houses afterwards, be- I don't know if it was because of the movie, like people started going to like the visit their house and they actually had to call the cops a few times. Yeah. Because I, I think they even it. found some like Satanist stuff around the property as well. So daughter Andrea Perron, Perron, Perron. I thought it was Perone the whole time. Oh, maybe I could have. I really, really, really hope I wasn't mispronouncing that last name this entire episode because that's going to be very embarrassing. Uh, author of <sighs> House of Darkness, House of Light, addressed the question in an interview. Everyone who has lived in the house that we know of has experienced this. Some have left screaming and running for their lives. The man who moved in at the to begin the restoration on the house when we sold it left screaming without his car oh my god i i mean I'm not gonna lie that uh, it would probably be you yeah <laughs> so, especially if i'm there by myself yeah um without his tools without okay i more than likely would not have gotten naked 
uh, without his clothing. Uh, he never went back to the house. And consequently, the people who owned it, uh, the adjacent landowners, never moved in and it sat vacant for years. The current owner, Norma Sutcliffe, stated that she and her husband, Gary, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry have had far less intense experiences in the farmhouse, including the door banging in the front hall, sounds of people talking in another room, the sounds of footsteps accompanied by a door opening in another room, and her husband's chair vibrating in the study. Okay, look, that's not less intense. Like, I mean, that's just as, I mean, okay. I guess maybe they charged in levitate, but that's still some, I mean. Still pretty creepy, yeah. Yeah, chair vibrating, that's close enough. You know, it's like a step away from lifting off the ground. Yeah. You know, so I I, I don't, I think that proves it more than disproves it. Anyway, uh, the only things that were ever visible to them were a blue light that Norma saw shooting across the bedroom. And her husband once thought he saw a fog in the home. Norma stressed that she was always looking at things from a scientific standpoint and that uh, she has never jumped to conclusions over any of these minor experiences. That, again, these are not minor experiences. <laughs> the vibrating chair, how can like, I don't, I can't think of how you could explain that away. Well, it's, it's like, well, oh no, you heard, no, yeah, the sofa vibrated and you heard the growl. Yeah, exactly. When you're on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, but that's what I'm saying is like, how do you, how do you explain that? Like, yeah. the only thing that I can explain, like, the only way that I can explain that away is that I was having a seizure. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I I, really can't explain why I would feel like my whole body in the sofa vibrating. Yeah. You know what I mean? The door is slamming. Okay. Maybe if you left it open, you know, a door open and there was, I, don't, I highly doubt there's central heating and cooling. So, I mean, if you have windows open and stuff like that, draft comes in, slams the door, whatever. Okay, that I, I get. The blue light, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could explain that away too. The fog, again, if it's cool and the house is still kind of warm and it's the condensation, change in temperature, maybe the fog can explain that. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, and they did live by a... A river, I believe, right? Well, at least in the movie, that was the case. Mm, I don't know. Um, but yeah, as for, for me, the the vibrating chair is as I like give explanations for everything that happened. <laughs> but the vibrating chair, I, I I I don't have anything for you. Um, anyway, since the movie's release, Norma has endured an ongoing barrage of trespassers and onlookers. The, uh, to fight back, she spent months gathering evidence to disprove both Andrea per, uh, Perone's story and the movie watch videos a link to like yeah we'll uh we'll definitely link that video uh in our social media and on our youtube uh in the comment and not in the comment section but in the the section on down below we'll definitely link that video so y'all can check that out um i haven't seen it yeah i i didn't i didn't watch it either but i mean i can kind of give you a uh, a little because I, I didn't put it in this report but like i have it pulled up here mm-hmm. um i guess the the 10 times ed and lorraine warren were found as frauds from ranker.com mm-hmm. so it says in the case uh this case was based off yeah the hit 2013 film the conjuring 
though the animal doll was related to a separate case. While certain events depicted in the film were exaggerated for the purpose of spectacle, which, I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. Lorraine Warren and one of the daughters, Andrea Perrin, or how, how did you pronounce it? Perron. Perron. Both insist it was uh, mostly accurate to real life events. Problem is, outside sources insist otherwise, and they have a fair amount of evidence to back up their claims. Primarily, the current owner, who we were just talking about, um, Norma Sutcliffe, uh, researched the history of her home and discovered many factual errors presented as truth by the family. The Warrens and sub- subsequently the filmmakers behind The Conjuring, she also sued Warner Brothers due to the influx of trespassers following the film's release. Uh, Sutcliffe produced a video, which again, we were just mentioning, uh, detailing her research with, with alleges, among other things, that the witch featured in the film, Bathsheba Sherman, was anything but. And uh, that any satanic worship, infant sacrifices, or general witchery was pure fabrication. Sutcliffe's, Sutcliffe's evidence is further detailed by Andy Smith in an article for the Providence Journal and is corroborated by... Jamie Rubio on the investigation blog Dreaming Casually, um, which like the Lutzes, or much like the Lutzes um, from the Amityville case, oh, okay. the Perone family, alongside the Warrens, of course, always maintained the veracity of their claims, and perhaps they truly encountered something unexplainable that terrified them. It should be clear, however, that at least some of the backstory surrounding their haunting, haunting is made up, which... I mean, yeah, you got to do that for a movie sometimes. That's, I mean, nobody's claimed that it's all facts, but um, I don't know. And and like, it's it's hard for me because like, part of me is like, well, yeah. I mean, if the person or the people who investigated and dealt with it are saying no, this is what happened, who are you to say that it didn't? If you weren't even in, you know, that if you yeah. weren't even in that situation. But I know that there's also that flip side of like, well, they're trying to make money. So, of course, they're going to cooperate their stories and make sure that everything is like, yeah, everything happened. So It, it, it kind of goes back to what Tom said. Like, if you weren't there, you, you're always going to be able to say, you know, well, how do I know that's happen. real? You know yeah. what I mean? Because you weren't there to experience it. Even with mm-hmm. EVPs, like I have, I have audio evidence, but, you know, you weren't there when I recorded it. So, you can say, well, how do I know it's not somebody else talking or this and that, you know, like you, – so that's why it's hard. It's hard to say. Um, and the other thing too is like there's a lot of people out there who who hear based on a true story and they think, oh, this is fact. It's this all is, fact. This is, yeah. yeah, because that literally happened in 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 uh, one of the Facebook comments. Somebody was like, um, they, they they said some something stupid along those lines of like, you know, this is based on a true story and this and that, blah blah blah. I'm like, ma'am, it's based on a true story that just means that they got a true story they uh got some facts from it and then they built a story off of those facts mm-hmm. you know what i mean so that's that's the other issue like and maybe that's why people are going to the house and uh i mean you can't really blame warner brothers for that and i i would be surprised if she actually won the lawsuit do you know if she did i have no idea i feel I, like I would, probably not yeah I, I would be surprised if she did because like i mean if they put that dis- like based on a true story like what are you what are you going to sue them for for making up a story about a house that exists but they said that it you know stuff was changed you know what i mean but it's yeah and like 
I guess what bugs like it, it's not it's not a documentary like it's exactly. a it's a movie like documentary mm-hmm. like yeah okay that has to be more legit like check your facts or whatever but not saying the documentary don't lie but for the most part it's you're trying to get those facts and that's what you're putting into the I don't even want to call it a movie but you know what I mean mm, versus yeah. for a movie it's like yeah your of course film. it's made up yeah yeah so I don't know I. I'm more inclined to believe the Warrens and, and I like, I get it. Like I get why she would want to um, do that and disprove them just because she wants to live it, you know, in peace and not have to deal with all these crazies going on to her property. Yeah. And can I just say that if you know of like a haunted place or whatever that somebody's living in, like leave them the fuck alone. Like what kind of weirdo, like asshole, goes to these places to go visit and like conjure up some spirit because you're like no dude what are you doing like i don't know that's just that's irresponsible don't do that. yeah don't do that go just, find yeah. an abandoned house somewhere don't like do it michelle said. Somebody's living. <laughs> yeah like michelle said that's an asshole move dude like you're gonna go to somebody's house to try and conjure shit up like what the fuck's your problem like try yeah, that shit you don't try that shit in there. texas try, try that, shit, that yeah. shit in texas you will get shot and she's not lying i'm not I'm not exaggerating either. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, especially in like a, a, an area like rural. that where it's a rural area, like the like what I was talking about with my um, my wife's uncle. Like in a place like that, you like that literally. It's I'm not saying it's not haunted that I know of, <laughs> um, but that's the kind of like place that I imagine this house being in. And if you step foot on somebody's property. Oof. shoot now ask it's, questions later and they have the right to in texas yeah. to shoot you on site if you're on their property and if it's private property don't have to ask you why you're on there they can just pull the trigger so don't do that in texas don't do that anywhere really <laughs> don't do that anyway <laughs> don't do that anywhere just don't be an asshole don't be that person you know um because then if you do get shot you're gonna be wondering why um and also, you're gonna ru- you could ruin somebody's life. Like seriously, it's mm-hmm. just don't do it. But uh, that was the Conjuring. The Conjuring, one. the first one, aka the Peroni, the Peroni family. family. Was it Peroni really? Family. I think it can is. we like can we like clarify, figure it out? Yeah, Let hold me on. See. I found it. It says Peron. 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 Okay, YouTube, I got it. Oh, is that YouTube? Yeah. Let's see, there's another one. Let's see. Pronouncenames.com. Peron. Oh, what? <laughs> that's, that's in Spanish. Peron. It's submitted from Italy, origin Italian. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's Italian. It's an Italian last name. But that's why I, I'm like I think in the movie they were saying Perone, yeah, because that would be like the American way. Hunting of the Perone family. Anyway, cool. So I uh, mispronounced their last name for more than half the episode. It's great. It's fine. Not embarrassed. And, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I thought I was saying it wrong the entire time. Yeah. Just trust so. that I'm probably saying it wrong because I'm not good with. I get. I wish I could use the excuse of. English isn't my first language, but it is. And, <laughs> and it's, well, I mean, technically, it's not English, so. <laughs> well, whatever. 
I, I probably would have said Perón. But that would have been <laughs> closer to the <laughs> I know. actual name. I should have just said that. I almost said Perón at the beginning. Yeah. But then I remembered that's not Perón. How I remembered anyway. them saying it. Because they definitely did not say it in Italian. I don't know why you waited to like close to the end of the episode to like tell me that. So you're an asshole, but I I love you anyway. I did not correct you at all. I just said the name. Yes, you did. No, I no, I told you about Lorraine that that you said Lauren or something. I don't think I'm pretty sure I didn't correct you. I I said the name and you said, "Is that how that is that how you say that?" Okay, well, whatever. Either way, you should have corrected me. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, again, like when you were saying it, I was like, well, maybe I'm wrong. And I don't think I had to say the name until that that section that I read it. So. You know what I'm hearing? Excuses. That's all well, I'm hearing right now. I mean. <laughs> all right. Forgive me. Uh, Father Friday. Last name. Sli- yeah. <laughs> I was going to say last name gods for mispronouncing this last name. Um. So Why did the, y'all have to immigrate? Right. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't even. Uh, Jesus. No, um, I'm joking, obviously. Uh, yeah. Coming from a family full of immigrants, we are yeah. joking. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be uploading some pictures. One is of the uh, the oldest known photo of the the house. And it was taken, like, many years before the family moved in. And then I'll upload a picture of, like, the mom and all the sisters and we even have Bathsheba's um, tombstone because she was an actual person. So super interesting. She was 73 that. when she died? I guess. Yeah. So that was definitely different in that movie. Yeah. She was young. Yeah. They said that. Uh, I don't and I don't think we read it, but um, I read it in one of the articles that it was uh, she died of a stroke. Mm. Not hanging. But apparently there were hangings at the house and the property in real life. Yeah. Just not her hanging herself. So, yeah. I mean, again, the movie took takes, I don't know. I don't know. However you feel about the movie, I don't typically watch horror, like uh, those kinds of movies just because they make me feel some type of way. But uh, <laughs> I definitely wanted to watch these and they were definitely creepy. Yeah. Um, And I just wanted to cite some of the websites that I used um, to get this information. Um, One of them was History versus Hollywood. Another one was HistoryCollection.com. And then it was the the Warren's website. Nesper, TonySpare.com? No, that's the... That is is the name, but I think that... um, that's that's what it is. Like I don't know if they lost the, you know, like the yeah 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 it, it is. It is um, Yeah. So and then uh, their website, it's it's ne- it's Nesper website, the New England Society for Psychic Research, but it's actually TonySpera dot com. Um, so if you go to TonySpera dot com, then that's the Nesper website, and you can click uh, case files, and you can even look at the uh, video archives. Actually, you can't. Wait, is that it? Yeah, you can look uh, at the yes. video archives. Oh, my um, God. Now I'm going to want to look at this stuff, too. Oh, my God. What? Even this is just creepy. So, 
Warren Case Files Amityville Part 2, the just the picture that they have for the uh what do you call it? The like the still? Like the cover uh, photo? The the uh, thumbnail. Thumbnail. Um, like, look at, I don't know if you can see, look at the guy in the background next it's to It's barely it. coming up and you're freaking me out. Look at oh. it. Can you see it? Not yet. Like, it's next to it. Like... In. I'm, I'm going to spritz But I'm showing water. it to you. Oh, I'm showing it to you. Oh, you are? Oh, sorry. Yeah, oh, look. Oh, dude. I just, it just popped up on my computer. Like, what is that? I have to screenshot that and, like, <laughs> share that, too. I don't know who that is, but he freaks me out. Yeah, he's a demon. He's a demon. Anyway, guys, uh, yeah, it's now I'm gonna want to watch this at work and I'm gonna freak myself out. And all right, guys, well, yeah, that, that was, um, I just found a new website to check out. <laughs> um, oh, look, there's even a video of the tour of the Nespro Museum. So, if because uh, it's close to the public, I believe that they're working on getting it open to the public again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be fun to go check out at some point. Why did they but close you, it? I, I think it was like a mostly for repairs thing. Okay. And I th- think the pandemic, I don't, I really, I don't mm. want to talk like I know. Cause I don't, I don't remember. And there was also a report recently that Annabelle was actually, had actually escaped. Oh my God. That was hilarious. And then they had to be like, she did not escape. She's still in the box. Like no one panic. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. They made so many memes like yeah. <laughs> Annabelle partying, Annabelle in like Las Vegas, mm. Annabelle in Cancun. That was good. Or Cancun. It was good times. Good times. Right. It would not be good times if you found her fire in your bed. Nope. Definitely not. But uh so yeah, guys, that that's uh, our part one of the conjuring. Um this is the first case, the first I guess yeah, the case that was discussed in the, the first movie. Um, part two will be the Enfield Poultry Guys. Yeah, Enfield yeah. Poultry Guys. That one is also very interesting to say. The I least. like that one. But yeah, guys. So like, uh, that was part one. Um, part two will be coming next month, and then part three in a couple in two months. Um, Looking forward to those. I know Michelle. Michelle said she's excited to do the Enfield one. She heard. She showed me a recording of one of the girls, and yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it's gonna be fun. We'll definitely link that when it comes out to uh, our social medias, and and like I said in the YouTube uh, the section on the bottom. Um, if you guys wanna send us any topic ideas, we. Uh, We'd be happy to receive those and cover them after this little series, I guess. And if you want to be interviewed, you can go ahead and go to our website. That's webelievedu.com. And you can go to the contact section and let us know, hey, I want to be interviewed. Um, you can also you can also listen to our stuff on there. Uh, you can click. You have links on there to go to the different areas where you can hear our podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast. Uh, and then you can get all our social medias on there as well. And don't forget to send us your stories so that we can share them on our stories of high strangeness. We want to hear from you guys because we believe. Do you? Do you?